Welcome back to the Prince Ali's podcast. It's your boy Prince, and today I got a special guest, and he's my homie, my brother. He has one of the best stories I've ever heard. One of the most stories that's going to make you like really feel it. Like I'm not going to lie to you. There's some stories I've heard, and I felt some type of way about it. But like his story is actually very touching, and um, I think the best way for him to get it out is just you know just to talk about it and. I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all can relate to the things that he's been through in life. He's a strong individual. He's my brother. You want to introduce your name or do you want me to introduce you? All right, go ahead, man. Right, my brother, Young Audemar, Xavius, Shabazz, whatever you want to call him, but Young Audemar, man. Let's get started with it. So tell us a bit about your upbringing and where you come from, and how did you end up here in Minnesota? All right, so um, I was born I was born in DeKalb, Illinois. Uh, my family, uh, largely uh, out of Chicago. Uh, we, we grew up pretty much. I got uh, I got seven. It's eight of us. So um, I grew up in a single single family household. So it's my mom. Uh, she she. Raise all of us. I got five sisters. I got two brothers. Um, I'm the. Uh, I only got one younger sister. So outside of that, everybody else older than me. Um, but young. Uh, when we were younger, we grew up a little bit um, in Chicago with my grandma. Uh, she had a house. She had an apartment um, over on 18th and Fairfield. 18th and Fairfield on uh, South Side of Chicago. Um, so that's where. You know, early, early uh, growing up was, and, you know, it was just, you know, everybody taking care of each other. Uh, all my cousins and everybody was out there, too. So it was it was largely, you know, that's just where all the family was at. So uh, we then ended up, you know, getting out of there, though. It was a lot of just stuff going on, and I assume, you know, that just um, my OG just wanted us to, you feel me, get out and be able to, to you know, set us up for success uh, somewhere else. So she... Ended up moving us here um, when we was kids um, to uh, we had, we initially moved to like the St. Paul East St. Paul area, um, and then we kind of we kind of just bounced around everywhere. I ain't, I'm gonna be honest, we ain't never really you know never really had a place to officially call home, but you know she did what she could for all of us. So we we had a here and there. You know we was we was all over the place, bro. I done been all over once once I've been here. So. Minneapolis, Twin Cities, St. Paul. Um, she just moved us out here, I assume, you know, just to to make sure, you know, it was a better a better uh, a path, you know, for us to choose from and just set us up for success, you know, get us out from it. It was a lot of poverty, and, and at the time, you know, where we was at it's over there, like, it's just, you could visibly see it. And it's a lot of people that, you know, stay there and, and can't move out, and... It leads to, you know, just a lot of different decisions from the environment. So, you know, I got a lot of family myself that, you know, just because everybody can't just get up and leave on the whim, you know, they, they do get stuck in in the system and they there isn't a way out. So whether it be gang violence, whether it be, you know, robbing, whatever it may be, man, it, it's, it's just something that it seems like you can't get away from sometimes if you stick it out and, and you stay there and you don't got a way out. It's just kind of the way of life. So I know she she did her best to, to get us up out of that situation. So 
she could set us up for a better future. So that's how we that's how we move here officially. And and I've been here, you know, ever since I was a young young kid for my mom making that decision. So not to really like backtrack, but because I know your story too as well, you know. Um, but didn't you like had like a, a bit of a childhood also in Baltimore? Uh, yeah. So we moved to like I said, we bounced around a lot. I ain't never really had no place I could for for real, you know, call home. Cause we just dealt with a lot of you know moving, um, so I did. Uh, we moved for a year and some uh, to to Maryland, not Baltimore. We was in uh, Prince George County, um, for so it's like two hours from from Baltimore. But um, we was there, and then we ended up moving back. So I was only there for like a year and a half, half ish. So and then we came back and bounced around some more. I've been in. You know. Is the environment on the East Coast completely different than the Midwest from your experience? Yeah, they got their own, like, biggest thing I could automatically just mention, like, uh, music, the music scene, uh, the slang that's used. But they, they uh, first big thing they, they do, uh, their music is it's called Go-Go. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's called <laughs> Go-Go, and uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's out of Maryland. What did yeah, I- it might be DMV, but it's kind of like... Uh, how can I describe it? I feel like it's like heavy shit, 808s and shit. Just, I, don't, I don't know if it's 808s, but just the beats just hit a lot. And then, and then uh, it's like foot footwork almost. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like Chicago footwork? It ain't Chicago footwork, though. But mm-hmm. it's, so it's like house it's music type thing. stuff? They, they, you ask somebody from the <laughs> East Coast, they, they just they going to know. What it is, I I didn't I ain't never know what it was until I actually moved there and that shit was new to me. So uh, that in in the in the language and shit, you know they uh, they got you know everybody's son 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 son. They use that after every, every sentence they calling everybody's son shit like that. Like two blue, like they be, uh, they be pronouncing. Shit, shit, yeah, they got their so, own. In Prince, what well, you said, Prince County, right? Uh, Prince George County. Prince George County. Yeah. Do they kind of have like the same type of like accent as the Baltimore people? Mm, nah, I wouldn't say even that. Nah, I ain't gonna lie. Like they got their own. It's close, but it ain't. It ain't. It's you could tell. It's very distinctive, Baltimore. I, I guess you could just <laughs> call it. They just got a DMV type of slang. I don't know how else to describe it because all of that stuff is right over there together. You know, it's uh, DC, Maryland. Then you go right up. You got New York, all that shit. It's all right down that little strip. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was a dope experience. I ain't gonna lie. Like I met a lot of people. I still to this day, you know, lifetime friendships and stuff. So anywhere you go, always you know, connecting and meet people and be who you are. So, so since you know you bounced around a lot as a kid. Yeah. By you moving to so many places and you didn't have like a stable you know, place to be at as a child, how do you think that impacted your life, you know? Um, I mean, to be honest, it, it made me, um, you, you know, I'm not really one to, to stay put. I'm always, you know, without having somewhere to officially call home, you get used to just always moving and not ever really having any place to, to, I mean, it's just interesting, bro. It's interesting to think how normal it is for a lot of people to literally, you know, have something that they call home. 
and go back to every single day, you know, go to school and then go home, you know, versus, it, I mean, at the time it was still home to me, but versus like going going back to a shelter or something, you know, it's it, it's just not the same experience. You know it's not the same experience, but it, you feel me? You got to be grateful for everything you got at the time. So I think, I mean, it, it's definitely impacted um, who I am and, Today I'm just you, you, I'm I'm very grateful I guess um, for for just everything I can't ever find myself being you know ungrateful I can't ever find myself you feel me being entitled anything like that because you know you just know what it's like to to struggle and come from it it also makes me uh, like in that same aspect want to be you know. I felt in that situation from having to grow up a lot of times, you know, you feel helpless. You feel like, um, you know, at, at some points to me, you know, it kind of feel like, and, and I actually grew up, you know, religious. You know, my mom, my grandmother was, um, practiced Islam. She was a Muslim um, until, you know, the day she passed. Uh, she she raised all of us Muslim. May Allah rest her soul. Yeah, rest, rest her soul. Um, uh, she raised us, and then my my OG, she ended up converting, you know, to Christianity. So we, we grew up, you know, religious, and from those experiences, it actually kind of pushed me away from, you know, you start asking, uh, you know, why, you know, it's, it, it, why it, it don't seem fair, you know. If you gum, you, you praying, you're doing all this stuff, you're looking to God, and, you know, so then why is, you know, this bad stuff happening? Why can't we, you feel me? have a house, why can't we have money, why can't we, you know, be like everybody else, stuff like that, um, it, it kind of make you feel like, you know, you got the cold shoulder from, you know, God, so it makes you kind of just, you know, like I said, that helpless feeling, you feel like nothing, you could do everything right, and you still, you know, I pray five times a day, mm-hmm. you know, facing the east, <laughs> you know, and then still, you know, you know, we still end up, you know, next day, you know. Or anything, you know, even been evicted, man. Just so many different things. It just all seemed like, dang, you know, you make all these efforts to do this and you still get shorter, shorter, shorter every single day. Like, you're getting the short end of the stick. Life is just knocking you down further and further and further. So that sense of helplessness, I feel like, too, also make me today, like, on top of, you know, just being humble from my experiences. I'm a very humble individual, like, like I said, I will never take anything for granted. I'm very proud of everything I've done for myself. Um, and just how far I came, um, it just helps me, you know, always remember my my struggle and, and not forget, you know, where I came from. But it also kind of makes me, you know, now my character itself is I try to help out everybody I possibly can, like, in this life. If I'm in a position to help, I'm going to do it. And that's... You that's know, a that's, fact that's too. That's in any type. Nah, of... Nah, that's a fact too, though. Yeah, he definitely is that type of person, bro. It's any type of situation because I know what it feel like. You know, that specifically is poverty related and homeless related and shit like that. But it's also just a sense of being helpless, bro. You don't, you know, you don't feel like there's no way out. There's no options. There's no help, and so it kind of just made me end up being, you know, on my end. I always want to put if I'm in a position to. I'm going to help anybody, you feel me? I love, I care about, you know, get to a better position. Even if I'm down on my ass then, I'm still going, you feel me, do everything I can to, in my power, you feel me, to to help somebody else uh, get, a, get a step forward. So 
it's a lot of different things that that it plays into you know my character and a lot of stuff that has changed and developed from those experiences but I would say that's some of the the foundational things just keep me humble and and you know wanting to help everybody else in any any position when when they need help and yeah and I feel like you know just like poverty teaches people humility you know uh, it humbles you out and I've noticed like there's like similarities with people who had the same like upbringing as me and you yeah. you know and you don't really see those people just being you know flashy oh no. being stuck up <laughs> just being you know just like that prick but like yeah. you come from like a very humble background very humble beginnings and I remember when you recently told me not too long ago that, you know, when we were in high school, you remember we used to walk through them storms, right? Yeah. After practice and stuff like that, bro, we used to go to my crib, yeah. and I didn't know you was facing the stuff that you was facing back home. Like, yeah. do you want to, like, expand on that right now? Yeah, so, I mean, just, and it's funny, because this would be the first time this probably coming out to, to the world, I would say. I'm not going to lie to you. This, I got some of my closest friends in my life probably don't even you feel me we don't, we don't talk about it at least I, I maybe they know maybe I brought it up I don't think so though but um cause for me it was a big thing for me it's a big thing that uh it not be something that hold me back or or that make people look at me different so um just on light of that situation like what I'm talking about is you know uh this was back in even in high school so in high school uh we had just that's when we had just moved back I moved back from Maryland my uh Going into my senior year, I'm excuse me, my uh, freshman year of high school. Um, so we got here and we didn't have no solid feet on the ground at that point. Um, so we was back at that time, like without a crib, my freshman year. So I was living with my like, you know, my aunt, my brother. We were just bouncing around, um, and eventually a shelter um, as well until until probably the middle of my sophomore year of high school. Um, and it just was a big thing to me, like I said. Um, at the same time, it still was, I still had to do whatever I had to do at the end of the day. So because, just because, you feel me, I was facing those adversities outside of, you know, life, um, outside of school and shit, it just wasn't something that I wanted to come here and then folks to be, you feel me, feeling sad or feeling, you know, uh, sympathy, sympathy, sympathy is really like I don't, I don't resonate with that. I don't want people to feel bad for me. You know, I, I'm just like anybody else, to be honest. Like, yeah, I got the same. You know, it was just that that I was going through. So you know, I could still, you feel me? We we hooped. You know, played on the basketball team, ran track. You know, went. You know, a honor roll, all that, everything, bro. Like it didn't. You know, it didn't change nothing about you know my potential or nothing that I could actually do. And then, you know, for me, it was something that it, I didn't think that it should ever be considered, you know, like, ain't nobody really need to know on my end because it wasn't going to change that. For not, to me, a lot of people, you know, wasn't going to be able to help the situation, you feel me? It's just the cards I was dealt. So I had to you f just deal with it, thug it out, and, you know, put a smile on, hide all that shit behind a, a smile. And, you know, that's why it's another thing, you know, everybody know me as a... a a upbeat, funny, you know, 
Which I am. I ain't going to, you yeah, feel me? I, I like, you know, humor and shit. It's part of my character, but I think it's also part of, you know, that's also something that just developed in my character by being able to, you know, going through so much shit, you, you can't always just wear your heart on your sleeve type shit. Like, you got to put some of that behind. It's not always the time to just... Put be, up a mask. Yeah, you know, so... It, it just became natural to just you know, it's like you you laugh so you don't cry. You mm-hmm. you you know you just you know be amongst friends, be amongst people. You know, have fun to to kind of you know get away from what's going on at home or you know the struggles you you kind of going through. And that's kind of just what I did, bro. It, it helped me a lot, bro. I stayed around. I, you know, I, I did lean on you know time with you know you specific clearly you know specifically and friends just to you know keep my mind off a lot of stuff because you know once you leave then I go back to you know what I got going on and it ain't you know it wasn't a a great situation but you know at the same time like I said bro it, it ain't no sympathy bro I'm not it just ain't me you know some people probably you know would use that and come and tell everybody and want everybody to feel sad but like I said it is that ain't me, bro. So I could do everything everybody else could do, if if not better. So Way better. regardless of those circumstances and situations. So it was never, you know, something that I had to broadcast or something like that to, to help me get a step forward or anything, bro. So, Bro, I, no one would have never guessed that you was going through that stuff in high school, bro, because you was like a Will Smith type of dude. Like you made every you – was the, you was the funny one in the group. <laughs> you know what I mean? You made people's day and stuff like that. And you – bro – you was an A honorable student. Like, you graduated with a what? 4.5, right? Yeah, 4.5. 4.5, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> no one would have never guessed that you were dealing with the things back home that you was dealing with, bro. Like, because it seemed like you were just well put together. Like, me and you was close in high school, yeah. but I didn't even know that you were dealing with certain things that you was dealing with. You know, I just had to find out, like, recently, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's crazy, bro. Like, that's that, that shows a lot within your character, bro. Like, you're a strong individual. No, a very, very strong it's, individual. It's definitely, you know, it's God's gift to be strong. So it's definitely, um, like I said, man, it's definitely not something that I wanted to even broadcast as, you know, be as a part of my character. So I'd rather be seen as, you know, who I actually am. Because who I am is, you know, that experience also made me who I am. What I was going through is part of what makes me who I am. And, and you know, a lot of traits and stuff that... Literally made me who I am today, but it's also so much more to me than any of that that everybody got to see, you feel me, just the same without even knowing that. So it just... You just put in a lot of work, bro. I remember, like, because, bro, there's stories on stories between me, you, Aubrey, everybody that we grew up with, right? Yeah. Like, I remember when we was at Southdale a few times, yeah. and we used to hang out and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I remember... Studying it. You were studying at the Southdale. I, you know me, I didn't study, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't studying me. I'm like, man, I'm trying to have fun type shit, you know. But yes. you, on the other hand, bro, you would be like, man, I got to at least put like 30, 30 minutes to an hour in on this work, and then I'm going to have fun. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, it's funny because I, re- I did take school very seriously because growing up, how I grew up, you know, I started thinking, you know, it just made – the only way to get out, you start thinking that it might just be, you know, you got to grow up, you got to make sure you get a decent job, a decent paying job, and then that, that, that's what's going to be what stops the poverty. That's what's going to be what makes you never go back to that life again. So my mindset always was, you know, um, just be good at everything. I got to be good at everything so that I just, you feel me, I graduate, I 
go to college, get a good job, and then, you know, set myself up for a better future type of deal. So as a kid, that's, you know, I, that's, I excelled in everything, you know, math, science, reading, literally everything. I was always the top, top of the class because that was just who I had to be. You know, in my head, I had to just exceed in everything so I had my best shot at getting somewhere because, you know, otherwise it wasn't too many, you know, wasn't going to try to, you feel me, get in the streets like that, you know, as, a, as a, we, you know, we moved. My mom tried to set us a better future, so I had to, you know, make the, you know, there's a pressure of that, like making sure you're making your, my mom's proud too, so it just not being a letdown on that end. And then it's not like I don't feel like I am or, or never did either um, in that aspect, but it just, that's what drove me so much to, you know, coming from coming from how I came up, you feel me, not having nothing, it's like, all right, the only person that could help me put myself in a good position is, is going to be me, you know, and so got to go hard at everything I ever do, so that's you, including school. You were a young, like, you were a young black man, and you had, like, a all the odds were against you, bro, in all aspects, bro, all the odds were against you. When you were facing all the stuff outside of school, but when you were in school, achieving those good grades, the honorable students and all that stuff, like, were you doing that to, like, prove to your mother that you could become something, or did you do it just to change your scenario that you that you were in? Um, I mean, I would say more to, to just change, change my position that I was in, really. And it wasn't going to change the position I was in at the moment. It, it was just for the future because, you know, it, it wasn't really – my mom, it was more so of an expectation. You know, all of my, all of us are intelligent. All, like I said, we, it's, yeah, it's eight of us. And every single one of us are, you know, very, very, very intelligent, you know, blessed to have been given that um, gift for all of us. So it was, it was the expectation almost, really. It's funny because, you know, you come home with straight A's and shit, it's like it was expected, you know. It's not a big hurrah type shit about, you know, not to say, you know, and I'm very, very thankful and grateful for my mom and everything she did for me, but it just wasn't like a big celebratory. It's like it's expected, like, you know, because mm-hmm. she knew how smart, you know, everybody is too anyway. So it's a problem. It's going to be a problem you come home with some, you feel me, C's and D's. Then we got a problem because you already know what you got to, you know, balance. you against the all odds right now. You're against all odds anyway, so it's like, you can't go to school and then not be doing what the fuck you're supposed to. Look how hard, you know. And in that aspect, I guess, not to make my mom proud, but, you know, my mom was a single mom working, you know, three jobs. I see my mom, shit, in the morning, 5 a.m. we woke up. I Like I said, bro, to pray. And then she made us all breakfast and stuff, and then she went to work, bro. I mean, drop us off at school sometimes. Otherwise, you know. Once we got older, we started taking the city bus and stuff ourselves. But uh, essentially, she would go to work all day. And then we maybe see her again at midnight or something when she get off her last job or something. So, you know, um, it's just if she's doing all of that, then I can't go to school and fuck off and not be on my shit because then that is really a spit in the face that I'm going to sit here and, you feel me, just... Not to say school is not for everybody. So not to say that anybody that didn't perform, you know, is you know just in my situation, it's like a spit in the face. If you know she's she's going so hard to take care of us, and then the only thing I got to do is go to school and be good at school, then I better go do that then. 
you know, by your mother working three jobs and she was barely around at home, you know, did that create distance between you and your mother or not even just you, but your siblings too as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would say, you know, and it's something I'll say even to this day, unfortunately, like, um, it, it created a lot of distance, bro. I, I wish, you know, you could always wish things different, but think, you know, once again, I am who I am from everything I've gone through, and I wouldn't change anything that made me who I am. But, you know, it did distance me from, you know, being as close as I would like to be with my mom, you know, I think I think I don't, you know, and it's still time to find out all this, you know. It's not end-all, be-all, but I just think growing up, you know, um, I didn't have as close a relationship because, yeah, we just didn't get to see her a lot. So, um, you know, shit like giving hugs and saying I love you over and over and over, like repetitively, <coughs> excuse me, that like a lot of other people are probably used to. I just think we just kind of got shorted. I think a lot of us did because uh, it's just time. We wasn't able to spend as much time around and sh she wasn't able to show, you know, as much affection as, you know, probably other people might have been. You know, that's also, she was doubling as a, you feel me, a mom and a dad type shit in a single mom. So she had to be, you know, loving, but then she also got to be the strong kid when it comes to discipline and stuff like that. So, but I do, I, I'll say, you know, it just made it so that I didn't get to know my mom, you know, like how I wanted to know my mom. Um, I just, yeah, that's probably what I would, what would really what it came down to just because there was just so much going on and she just had so much to take care of to make sure we was good that it it was the the sacrifice was time unfortunately so um it was a lot of lost time in that in that aspect so, and that's even when it comes to you know you know you, you got uh senior night, parent night, shit like that. All oh, those yeah. things where, you know, you see everybody else's parents coming out to it and stuff. It is a part of life, though. Like, it's a part of life, so you just accept it and move forward. And But I, I knew the, what was going on. So, as a, I, like I said, bro, I was a very, very intelligent kid. So I understood that, you know, we just, you know, we was going through what we was going through, and, and my mom was doing everything for us to make sure we was good. So... It ain't nothing that, you know, ever robbed me. I just knew we, what was happening just was what had to happen, so. And me and you, we spoke multiple times about just, like, uh, the, the lack of, you know, affection from our mothers, and, you know, and yeah. the words. Because, I mean, we kids need reassurance, too, you know? Yeah. Like, with I love you and stuff like that. And yeah. me and you spoke on that phrase specifically that, we didn't receive that growing up from our parents, you know, as much as we wanted to. We didn't receive that, you know. Yeah. And um, do you think that, like, a lack of affection, like, applies to you, like, now in certain... I definitely, know? I definitely would say, 100%. Um, like, and to this day, relationships with other people, um, it's just a little tougher, bro, to be, you know... Affection is something that should come natural, you know, mm -hmm. so... Unfortunately, we just didn't get too much. And it's like I said, bro, what happened just happened, bro. It's just life. It's cars we dealt. So um, I would say I probably missed out on a lot of affection uh, from my mom indirectly just because she had to do stuff. She had to do what she had to do. like, And I'm thankful that she, for everything she did. But to this day now, I would say, like, it's just harder. It's just a little bit unnatural, I guess, uh, for me 
So it's a learning experience to like, you know, I, I still to this day, like I don't hug people. A hugs is normal. Like every kid, you know, wants to hug. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's very, even to me as an adult now, like giving hugs out, it just feel, you know, disconnected. I don't, sometimes I just don't feel anything from, from a hug. Like, mm-hmm. I guess that's all I can, it's not sometimes, like it just, I don't have the, the emotions that are connected to those actions, you know, same thing like saying I love you and shit like that. I, I that that I can say. Um, It'd be hard. I though. do feel. It'd be hard to say that and sometimes. stuff. But it, it is just, you know, you should be able to say I love you to the people you love every day, if you love them. You know, that's how I feel. But mm-hmm. it's just something that it, I'm not as. Uh, it's it's something I have to learn to get more comfortable with because of the lack of of it. And I think you know that's something I think a lot of people probably. Um, experience and go through and it's it's just taking it step by step really and just you know becoming in tune with your own emotions and feelings and accepting them for what they is Um, because despite all those experiences you know it is still something you know you still looking forward you know when I think about my future and what I want to give to my kids it's like I got to be able to to be able to give them that so whether I'm comfortable or not with it now like I have to get that to my kids, regardless. They they need hugs. They need to know that they dad love them. They need to know all of these things, bro. Every day, as much as often as I can do that. So they so they don't feel you know how I feel or how I felt sometimes before. So it's 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 definitely um, it's it's a lot to 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 I guess turn around, um, but. It's just just dedicating yourself to making sure you you being the best person you can be and and you doing everything you can for the people that you love. So if that becomes you know making myself better at showing those feelings and affection, and that's what it is going that's what it's going to be, and that's what I'm going to do. So and I like that you say that because in our community, you know, our parents, it's like it's like a repeated cycle. So, like, our parents didn't grow up with the love and affection from their parents. So they did the same thing to us. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that it's a lot of of people breaking those cycles now. And I'm glad that you're one of the people that's actually, you know, breaking it. Because I feel like in America, definitely for African-American men, especially, for specifically, I feel like it's hard for us to navigate through life, you know, just with the lack of affection that we we had to deal with growing up. Do you think that, like, African-American men or just African-American people in general have it harder in America than any other ethnic group? Uh, easily, 100%. Um, without question. Um, and right away, you could, you could probably already say that when it comes to poverty and and those experiences, it's predominantly going to be in the African-American community. Um, so these households like this um, that that are, you know, living in poverty, you are disconnected from a lot of, you know, you don't have access to a lot of different things. And so, you know, your households are shattered, bro. Like, poverty has so many effects um, to just life in general um, that you don't really think about. But, I mean, it just makes everything so much harder, I feel like. And you, you are... You are what feels like a million steps behind a lot of other people um, that you're amongst, and it. I just think 
I mean, literally, you, you don't have the same resources as anybody else. Uh, you don't have the means to get those resources. And like I said, you don't have the access to go get those resources to put you in a better place. Like, you, you kind of are just stuck, and you got to figure a way out for yourself. And it's not always an easy answer or an easy way out at all. And for, like, me, it was years, years and years and years. Like, just I'm just now, I'm a grown-ass man now, and I'm finally... You know, it, it, it puts you in a position where you almost feel like you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You're stuck there. And then once you finally figure it out, it's like you don't never want to go back. But it's it, it's just much harder to get out than, like I said before, just like how I grew up. My mom had to completely just move us for a whole new area and try to just start off fresh. It's some places with poverty where you cannot get out. So... You just stuck there, and you got to figure out how to do something in that environment that you're in. And honestly, sometimes it's not much that you can even do in that environment, bro, besides, you know, you always have a choice, people say, but Mm -mm. it ends up being, bro, unfortunately, either negative decisions or just, whether you want to say criminal activity, just shit that is the best way to get some money. It's just a in that mind. It starts. It makes you just think that you'll do anything to get to the next spot, type of deal, bro. Because you just get tired of you know getting life beating down on you so much every single day. And like mm-hmm. I said, feeling helpless to the point that, all right, well, let me just turn to something, bro, to, to get some to flip some money to turn this around. And mm-hmm. like I said, man, the world knows like poverty and, and being poor and low income. You know, being on fucking government, government assistance, all that. That's mm-hmm. something that's that's predominantly in an African-American culture and, and geared towards us. You know, in the country that we live in itself, <laughs> it, the foundation of this country it was made for us to fail and for people that don't look like us to succeed. And so it's, it's in place for us to remain under their foot, under their boots, mm-hmm. and be in poverty. And, <clears throat> and that's why it's ten times harder for us to do anything than anybody else in this world. Mm-hmm. And we still, you know, amongst the most, not amongst, we still are the most hated group of individuals in the same world. Um, for, for for no reason. For no reason, bro. <laughs> to be honest um, with you. Like, it's, there's other people that come, you know, to the country, you know, to the, you know, the United States, and they look like us, and, you know, they already have, like, a, <clears throat> uh, a view on us that they know nothing about, you know. Yeah, but then you yeah. see, like, a lot of their kids grow up around us and then they change their mindset completely because they realize that we are good people but it's just that the living conditions and the stuff that we have to live through it wasn't us that chose that it was just everything was placed against us yeah. you know and do you think that um that african americans need like another like malcolm x or martin luther king to like save us and the living conditions that we do live in to this day. I think, I mean, it would be, you know, I can't say that it wouldn't be great to have another leader like one of them. Um, I think, I think it's just tough in the, in the world that we live in, in the systems, like I said, that are in place, because you look at, you know, the great leaders of our African-American culture, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, you know, and you kind of see, one, look at what happened to them. You know, look at, you know, they did great things. I would never even speak, you know, ill or 
disrespect upon those 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 great men at all and those great leaders we've had in our, um, in our culture. But you know, you see what you see what happened to them, and it's kind of like history repeats itself. You look at now today, and just like 50, 60 years ago, it's black folks still marching in the streets, getting beat, getting killed. All that, it's the same fight that they was fighting. It's the same stuff that they, exactly. It's not no different, bro. <laughs> it's no different. Like, you, it's Rodney King in the streets every, you feel me? Like, come on, man. It's, there's there's no, there's still no, you know, value it feels like to to our lives in this country, bro. And so, as much as, you know, you feel like somebody like that, having, having someone like that to give the culture uh, some hope, it's, it's just very tough living in the world that we live in, bro, because you see how much they did and you see how much they, how hard they worked to get to where we at. And then you still see that, like, it's the same foundations in the system. Like, everything that they did, it feel like it was just a ripple that might have just, you know, it caused a little ripple and then it, it dissolved. And I feel like the system always just creates something to yeah. divide the black families every single time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. We can never try to, like, we can never thrive. I mean, you look at all these, you know, welfare, all these different systems that they have to make sure you, as long as you don't make, you know, stop making this much money and we'll provide everything for you. Mm -hmm. You you make under $20,000, bro, we'll pay for your house, we'll give you food assistance, we'll do that. That's to make sure you stay, you don't go find nothing to do for yourself, like. You don't go make something of yourself. And it's deeper to, you know, government assistance. Yeah. There's a lot. Bro, yeah, they, it's don't, a, they don't, they don't, they don't tell don't, the full history on that. Like, want, that The government assistance was created to separate the black family. Yeah. They provided that to the black woman. The black woman accepted it. And they said, if you want our assistance, you have to kick out the black man. So when they kicked out the black man, the kids were misguided. They was in the streets doing whatever they can, you know, to try yeah. to make a way. You know, to be the man in the house, but they ain't know how to be a man because they ain't have a man inside the house. Yeah, and that's directly you look at you literally look at now, right now, and it's like um, you can get more assistance if you're, you know, a single mom. Mm-hmm. They'll give you, oh, we'll give you this, 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 as long as you're not with, you know, the male in the household. You know, it's just it's 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 deeper than it looks like on the surface. It's a lot. It's a lot to dive into, but. We definitely, um, <clears throat> it, we could always be, you know, we could always use a leader, you know, because the world needs leaders, whether it's, you know, amongst just our culture or not. But for sure, our culture, like, with everything that we are experiencing as a whole entire group, um, that we go through every day, we see what's happening to our brothers and sisters every single day through these, you know, News broadcasts, all this different stuff, and it's it's a never ending. It's never ending, and it it, it it feels like damn near like, you know, it feels like shit like racism will never end. You know, and I and I hate to, you know, you don't want to think that way because of like I said, how hard that these leaders of our past worked to get us into a better future. But then when you look and you fast forward to now, and all that, and it's still you know racism is very prevalent and everyday life bro like it's right in front of our faces that nothing has changed at all and every every single system that was founded founded on institutionalized racism is in place in this country bro and it's it just unfortunately it's not going anywhere so it's racism in every state bro like um i've never seen 
so many racists in Minnesota specifically until the, you know, the George Floyd thing happened, you know, like they were low key about how they felt about black people up until that moment, you know. Yeah. And I think it wasn't even only the George Floyd thing, it was also um, the election too as well. You know, oh, you yeah. start to see just like white folks going to the black neighborhoods. They was having full-blown shootouts with black yeah. people. You, they were taking, they were abducting black kids. Yeah, they was putting, you know? uh, yeah, but during, during the uh, time of those riots around mm-hmm. George Floyd, because um, we was at those, those you know, um, and yeah, they was driving around putting uh, gasoline in bottles behind yeah. houses. We found some, a bottle of uh, gasoline behind our house, um, and and just doing nut shit. Like, it's a lot of... Man, they have a lot of hate in them. And unfortunately, it just... Hey, may it be hashed out when, when they it all comes to an end and they meet their judgment. But it's... it's uh, The world could always use leaders, is all I'm going to say. In our, in our culture, a leader, a strong leader with a strong voice and a, and a, <clears throat> and a, and a good message to the people is always going to be something that will help any any you know group of people um especially especially ours and so sometimes it is just you know some hope just hope like i said you know just having hope will change a lot of things and that's that's something that even even just from what we've been talking about in my life experience is just something to hold on to so it gives you something to hold on to bro having having that hope and that's like a leader is somebody that can give you give you that and our people our people need to to have hope amongst all this stuff that we going through it and knowing that it's still a future that lies ahead and, and we can't overcome we've overcome so much before and so much to this day and we'll still overcome everything else that's that's coming our way as a people so to answer that question we could always you know use a great leader and the reason why I asked that is because, you know, back then, you know, they didn't have, like, you know, rappers. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have people that influenced the culture, like, the way rappers do now. You know, back then, they had, like, Fred Hampton, you know. Yep. They had, like, you know, the Martin Luther Kings and all that stuff. So they had no choice but to love, to look up to those people and to follow their message, too, because those are the only people they could actually look up to. Mm-hmm. You see, nowadays, the youth is the biggest thing for me. And you see, like, the youth nowadays, bro. They only look up to rappers, bro. And I feel like that's low-key one of the reasons why we're, you know, destructing our, our community. It's through listening to rappers and just, like... I mean, I understand that you can listen to rappers and you can do whatever you want, but, like, yeah. I think that they idolize these rappers is the biggest issue, though. And I, I will say, we definitely... I don't want to... It's a different conversation to segue into, but um, we definitely do need more positive... Uh, role models um, when it comes to leaders and not to say that a lot of these rappers you know, that these rappers can't be but um, we know that there's a lot of negative connotation in in that but we also know you got to also remember um, when it comes to I just want to say this we don't got to go into this because I know this is a whole nother segment <laughs> but you know exactly you know what's behind oh, yeah. that hip hop culture and who is in charge of promoting those images who pays these artists to be able to, you know, as long as you follow this and promote this, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. At the top of, at the way top, who's really in charge mm-hmm. is not black folks. At all. So that's just something that they know, the they know the effect of the hip hop and putting these rappers in this position and 
the images that they putting out and the messages that they give out through the music, that's getting bypassed to somebody a little higher first, and then it's being pushed out mm-hmm. from there, and they know the the hold that it has on the community and what it's doing to the youth. So that's kind of goes hand in hand. I ain't gonna say too much on the podcast <laughs> about it, but you and I know, and if anybody listening, they they gonna know what I'm talking about when I'm. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it ain't. They got it's damn near wrapped around their fingers how this shit working to 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 do our community how it is with this that this the messages that's being put through the hip hop and the rap culture. So, but nonetheless, it's not you know saying that we still can't you know have or have or promote bigger, better leaders ourselves um, in our community and push those versus pushing you know. Um, say an African-American rapper that just might be, you know, not a good role model um, Mm -hmm. all the way around, you know. It's up to us to then, you know, find out who is a good role model and, you know, push that around the culture instead of just pushing, you know, the negative things, but... Mm-hmm. And I mean, the originality of hip hop was was a positive message to you know the community. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. So That's like, true. I don't like when people you know talk mm-hmm. down on hip hop because we know where it originated from. You know, yeah. South Bronx. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, and they were literally just speaking about their struggles, speaking about things that you know what they could be in life and what they wanted, what they wanted expression, to achieve. Man. Hip-hop expression, man. Hip hop was just pure expression and damn near as, as pure as form, and mm-hmm. you know putting a cadence to it and you know. Allowing those stories to be told in in that in that manner, shit is poetry. Mhm. And um, I mean, it, it kind of do suck to say now that you know, like the hip hop <coughs> culture has shifted tremendously. Cause you know, like you see, like the J Cole's, the Kendricks, like they don't get the the type of love that they should be getting. You know, like um, and I do think I'm not a big fan of Kendrick, but I do think that like you know him and the J Cole's and like. You know, uh, even like like a Joey Badass type person, you know, like those people do deserve way more attention and clout than yeah. they have right now. Yeah, and I think I think they they did at a time time get the get the recognition that they should. It just wasn't a very you know there was no longevity to that mm-hmm. supporting, and a lot of folks I just think are put. And I think, like I said, there's a reason why probably you know certain people are pushed over them. By the, you feel me, you know. We know, we, 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 we know <laughs> it, which it's city. It's just certain people are pushed ahead of those artists and promoted and marketed a lot more. It's not by accident. Mm-hmm. So they should be getting, you know, more credit than they do 100% because they actually speaking to, you know, those. And not to say that everybody else ain't speaking to experiences and stuff, but, you know, they speak it to, you know, a lot of times, I, you know, the struggle. They speak it to struggle. They speak it to a lot of real life experiences that a lot of people, you know, that's what, in essence, it was hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, storytelling, expressing, it was that expression component, and so now it's become kind of diluted with just. I don't want to say the drill shit because the drill been around and it has its own thing, but everything is just you know, kill them, mm-hmm. rob them. <laughs> you feel me? All like. All that type of shit now, and that's the only thing that's that's what hip hop is now. I didn't even think we we're gonna, you know, shift into music <laughs> and hip hop, but since we on this topic though, I, yeah. I want to ask you, because uh, you know we both from the same state. You know, we from Illinois. I'm from Chicago. You from uh, what city again? Decal. Decal. Um, do you think that like Chicago drill music did shift 
the hip hop culture. Oh, uh, most definitely. So do you think they have? Do you think they play the like a big part in like blueprint. today's homicides and stuff too? Within the rap, the rap community, I, I would say. I mean, I guess I would have to say yeah. <laughs> I would have to because when you go look up, look at it, what what was all that when the blue shit? What was that? Twenty two. That was that was like that was like twenty ten. Twenty ten. It was a little bit before part twenty twenty. Yeah, but but around that like time period, what what was it? It was a back and forth of. Really, bro, and what was really happening? They was talking about what was really happening. Like we smoked him, <laughs> we smoked him. It's back and forth, back and forth, and it was real killing. Mm-hmm. And they they rapping about real what's really happening. And from there, bro, it's it's definitely it have to be indirect because if everybody's if that's if that's the wave that everybody was hopping on afterwards, then you got to be you feel me following the same thing. So that that obviously promotes this. It promotes the same type of. Violence it promotes the same type of shit. So how how could you you know if you mirroring that that drill, then that's damn near you know, it's motherfuckers definitely faking it of course, <laughs> everywhere, but I think when you come to that being the blueprint and how, how everything else is stemming from that and how it's it has changed music dynamically, um, definitely definitely the blueprint. I don't without a doubt. Mm. You feel me? Like all of them out of Chicago. Chief Keith, come on. <laughs> he the go. He the, come on. He the go out of the drill music he, in Chicago. He's he. That's the foundation. That's mm-hmm. that's damn near the grandfather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a hundred percent when it comes to the music scene, they they it started a lot, and I think part of taking on just the that music side is also the culture of the music, and the culture of that was the real the violence that came with it. And so I think everybody's sort of really immersing themselves in that actual, you know, in that actual <coughs> environment. Hey, but the, hey, they wasn't indirect, though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they was not indirect, bro. Like, it's, they, it ain't, hey, it's not, it ain't the same. It ain't a direct replicate of, of Chicago jail. You feel me? So ain't nobody gonna be able to do it exactly the same. Now, I'm saying them dudes from back then, like them uh, Chicago niggas, them niggas was really calling out the names too in the songs back then. Yeah, yeah. that's why a lot of them got smoked. Yeah, you know. And I mean, you look at you look at that you look at that t- today, and you see the same shit. Mm-hmm. You see the same stuff though. You see somebody name get dropped. You know, the next day. Some crazy shit in the news. I think a lot of these other, like, people from different states, they try a little too hard to, like, try to be... You know what I mean? Like, they try to replicate that a little too much because Chicago rappers, like, they was really living like that. Like, it was no fake or nothing like that. Like, you see, like, this New York drill and, like, the UK drill and all that stuff. Like, it's a replica of Chicago drill. It is. But it's not the same. And I feel like even their beefs is not even nearly close to the same as Chicago's because that was deep-rooted. You know what I mean? Like, not saying that they didn't go through what Chicago people went through, but... I'm saying you're talking about the, the magnitude of, of the BDs versus the GDs. The GDs. Yeah, mm-hmm. the magnitude of that is is, is monumental. It's just it's larger scale as far as I I mean, and I guess it, it could be different because you know, like you said, you from there. You feel mm-hmm. me? My family all from there, so it's like you know, we we gonna have a sense of pride and everything I guess over, <laughs> over that anyway and, mm-hmm. and to say that the, so I don't you know we can I guess can't disregard the magnitude of anybody else's struggles or whoever they got into it with whatever whatever it may be 
But, I mean, with that being the, the preceding, like we said, with that being the foundation that everything is a replica of, it's automatically... It's specifically a replica because, like, you know, not to, like, try to, you know, not to go too deep into this, but, like, yeah. you know, the originality of the GDs and the BDs, that stems from Chicago, specifically. Yeah. Like, you know, there's GDs everywhere now. Yeah. Like, and you see, like, these, the New York rappers, they talk about, you know, GDK or, like, stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, y'all, y'all not even from that type of, you yeah. know, that world, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> I don't like to see it because I don't like the, the gang violence. I don't like, uh, you know, our people killing each other and stuff like that, you know? Nah, it's it's definitely a, it's, it's a painful cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all it do is, is going to cause more pain. It's a, it's a never-ending cycle, so. Have you lost anyone due to <clears throat> gang violence? Like family members, friends? Um... I I done lost people due to due to just several different things. I don't know if I could just say it was just gang violence or anything specific. So, um, but it definitely ain't. I can tell you, it's just definitely not nothing good coming from from the violence and. and Anything related in that, in that manner, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I repeat to all the you know the fallen soldiers that you know that lost their lives way too soon. You know, um, I wish there was a a better outlet and a more like you know positive you know forces and people that was in their lives before like their lives got taken too soon. You know, because uh, it hurts everyone. You know, like family or not. You know, like there's people that grew up together. And they look at, you know, each other's family. Like, I look at you as my brother, you know? And I would never want any of that to happen to anyone that I love, you know, anyone that was close to me or nothing like that. So, RP to all of them. Um, I want to elaborate more, like, on fatherhood, you know? Uh, you know, you a yeah. black you a black man that's in your kid's life, you know? You got two beautiful boys, you know, mashallah. Yeah. And they, you know, they African-American Mm-hmm. You know, Asian and Hispanic too, as well Mexican. You know, and do you think that like they will have like identity issues like in the real world, or do you think they will face anything like you know just by being a mixed breed? You know, um, they a hundred percent are gonna face. You know, I think anybody that is, uh, you know, has a mixture of race, um, ethnicity, anything will end up facing. Uh, just not not exactly a, a kind of a, a question of identity because you you just are mixed with so so much and in this case they have you know three different things so I'll say I mean it's my job to make sure anyway that you know they're well they're well aware of you know who they are as a person who they are as a whole everything that makes makes them who they are and that's including you know knowing that all the culture and, and what's significant and it's up to them to decide, you know, what they will take themselves uh, from what I teach to them and how they'll use it and how they apply it to themselves. Um, but they'll know, you know, who they are in this life and that's going to be just a reflection of me letting them know exactly who they is. So that's really up to me. So I don't, I, I think there are times and I think it is something, like I said, a lot of kids that are mixed with anything, you know, go through that, but it's the responsibility of, you know, me as a father to make sure if that is something that's, you know, that I'm already establishing 
been taking care of that before. You know, you come to me if you have those questions about that or if you're thinking that or I'm presenting it to you so you already know. So that could be prevented, I, I believe, by mm-hmm. me being, you know, <clears throat> being the man that I should be and making sure that they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that, um, well, not even think, but would you say that fatherhood changed you? Uh, 100%, man. Uh, In what ways? Really? Not every, every damn way. But um, I think it just made me look at look at life a little bit differently. I'm, I'm living for, you know, I'm not living for myself no more. I wake up every day and everything I do is, you know, for them. I got to make sure, you know, in everything that I do, I can't, you know, in my mind, I can't fall short, you know, because I got, you know, they depending on me. And I got to make sure, you know, that I set an example. Um, you know, I, I've made so many mistakes in my life, and I'm already thinking about, you know, how do I already make those corrections so I let them know. You know, they're going to make their own mistakes in this life, too. But I got to set the best example for them as to, you know, what it is to be a man. And it's all while I'm still learning myself, you know, what it is to be a man. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm 25. Mm-hmm. I'm really not, you know, I'm figuring all this shit out myself still learning this. And that's something that comes with being a, a young father. You know, you still don't really, you know, know everything about yourself just yet too. But now you gotta, you know, for me, I gotta be mindful of that regardless. Cause while I'm learning about them, I'm still learning about myself. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a big, when it comes to that, it's a big learning experience. It's a big growing experience. Um, watching them grow up and learn everything, you know, from me as I mold them into the men that, you know, I want them to be in the men that they want themselves to be. So, you know, they they young boys now. They not even, you know, nowhere close to that yet. But it's it's a big, it just changed my outlook on everything. You know, I can't be, you know, rowdy or nothing like that you know I go outside every day and I gotta make sure you feel me I make it back to the crib so I can't you know do a lot of stuff I probably was doing a you know a couple of years ago you feel me popping out and getting just rowdy with whoever you know want to shake some like it's 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 different you know nowadays you seeing a shooting every single you know mm-hmm. day so you can't you got to be smart you can't be tough it's cool to you know to each their own, bro, but it's not worth always, you know. I, I know who I am, bro. I know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. I know how I was raised, all that. I don't got to prove to the next nigga that I'm the toughest nigga in the room. Nine times out of ten, bro, it's always somebody tougher you somewhere, bro. So you, mm-hmm. you can't walk around with a chip on your shoulder like that trying to test everybody at some point. You don't get your shit checked anyway, so... You feel me? It ain't, it ain't, you know, it's just certain shit like that. I know as a, as a youngin', like, niggas just moving wild, bro. Whoever want, you know, as soon as you get ticked off, somebody say the wrong thing, it's, you know, we can get straight to it. But mm-hmm. you can't do that, bro. You got to you gotta really think now, like, where could this go, you feel me? If, if mm-hmm. I do the wrong thing, where could this lead? And, and where does that put my son's? At that point, if if it goes, you know, worst case scenario, I always got to be thought of. Worst case scenario in every decision, so it's changed my mindset on on life, bro, on everything. But it's made me better. It's made me better as a man because it's it showed me like a lot of things. I'm. It, it's funny because I'm also learning as a, uh, what it is to be a father to to them too. Because like I said, I grew up without a father in my life, really. So mm-hmm. it's nobody really taught me. 
I taught myself, you know, what it was to, you know, morals and and code and values and all that. You know, I took what I what I could from all these different places and made it, you know, what I follow and stuff. So now it's time for me to do, you know, do that now. So everything that I've learned and how I've become who I am, I'm trying to, you know. Like I said, I'm still learning what it is to be the best. I'm not the best man I could be right now. So I'm still learning and, and trying to do that, but I'm also trying to show them, you know, what it what it means to be, you know, a good man, a, a solid man, you know, just somebody that <clears throat> respectable. So it's it's a lot of learning, growing, and it's a it's a journey for sure. And but it's it's very rewarding. It's not it's not easy at all, man. I, I'll say it's 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 not easy, um, but. It's worth it and it's rewarding, and you know, there's nothing in the world I, probably, you know, there's nothing in the world I wouldn't do for my sons, you know, and I want them to be better than me, mm-hmm. you know, I want them to be way better than me, so much better than me in, in every aspect. So, it's just that's all I'm doing now, man. I'm I'm setting up the future for them to make sure they can be ten ten thousand times better than than me, you know, and be whoever they want to be in this world, you know. Yeah, and it's always like you know, in today's time, it's like. Well, it's been actually going on for a long time, but it's like a negative connotation when it comes down to black fathers. And by me being your brother, you know, so I, I know about, like, the love that you have for your, your kids, your family, everyone that's in your life. And I know that you have them on your mind each and every second, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I know how hard you work. I know all the work that you put in to provide for your family, <clears throat> you know. And I feel like, you know, there are other African-American males and just black men in general that feel that type of way about their kids, but that, that the spotlight is never on y'all, though, you know? Like, yeah. it's always usually the negative that that gets brought up to the, the spotlight, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I agree. It's always, you know, you think the first thing that's going to come up is all deadbeat, mm-hmm. da-da-da-da, all this crazy just stuff that just highlights the worst possible scenarios that have, you know, popped up, man. It's a, it's a lot of very, very solid dudes out there doing exactly... You know, doing the best that they can, doing the mm-hmm. best that they can, and, and doing it the best way that they know for their kids. And yeah, it's not recognized. So I mean, um, just keep you know to anybody that is, just know you know, it's all it's all worth everything that's that you're doing, and it is it is seen, even though it might not be broadcasted like the negative sides to everything. Like it's it's making that mark, and you feel me? Your kids gonna be the ones to to show you and thank you for how much, you know, that did for him. So it definitely gets, you know, I wish the media wasn't like how it was, you know, but it, yeah, always, like, it always highlights, you know, the negative. Mm-hmm. So. And, um, you know, um, um, when I remember I told you about this, uh, like some months ago, it was like a few months ago, it was last year actually, yeah. that um, you remember I called you that one day and I told you like, nigga, I, I ended up crying just thinking about your story, bro. I was in the dark, <laughs> just yeah. laying in my bed, bro. I was just, just thinking. I was like, man, like, and I don't cry. Like, I'm not a crier at all, yes. you know? So like, and I was just like, man, I was bawling for like two hours, bro. I'm not even, I'm not even joking, bro. I was crying so hard, but I was like, man, like, my brother really went through a lot and you know, um, most people don't really open up about those things. And I know you kept it in for a long time. 
yeah. But like when you brought that to my attention, man, I I couldn't help but cry like a baby, bro. Like yeah. that's a lot of unfortunate things, man. Like I don't know if you feel like you know just like comfortable enough to talk about, you know, um, what happened to you know one of your baby sisters, you know? Oh yeah, no, I mean, um, and that's that's on top of everything. I, I had a I had a so I had it was nine of us. I did have a younger sister. She ended up passing. That was my aunt. I used to go see her every every day, uh, and uh, <laughs> in my mom's bed, I used to go hop in there every single day, I'd go uh, rub her tummy and stuff, and just say what's up. But she ended up passing when I was young too, like right when we had moved to uh, to Minnesota, actually. So I remember that like yesterday, for real. I remember that like yesterday. That was that was that was tough amongst everything. You know, we was already in a tough ass situation. Um, trying to make ends work, and then that, that end up happening. She just end up uh, dying in her uh, sleep, man. And that was that was something that, you know, that's it. That's still tough, bro. To this day, I can't never really say I learned how to uh, to cope with that. That was, I don't know how you cope with something like that, bro. To be honest, so that's still, you know, time passed and stuff changed, but I still, that's that was that was something that was just. I don't. I don't even know. You know. You you don't want to believe certain shit. <laughs> you just don't want to believe. You know. You know. Like when somebody passed away, you just don't want to believe it and shit like that. So, you just don't think about it or something. So it's it's kind of something like that. But it's been a lot of man tragedy and and life, bro. You know, I done been through a lot of just different experiences in this life that that once again made me who I am. You know, life or death run-ins on several occasions, like, it just, I'm, 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 thank God I'm still here today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for everything I have, all the people that, you know, that mean everything to me in this world. And you just can't take nothing for granted, man. The struggle, everybody got their own story. Everybody has their own story. and. What I think is something that's fluid, that's very understood from whoever you are, wherever you're from, is is struggle. The struggle, whatever it may be, is uh, is something that across any culture, any anything, bro, you can understand struggle. So uh, I, I went through a lot, but once again, you know, here I am today, um, stronger and better. And you feel me? It's nothing that can stop me. So. Anybody going through anything, man, it, it, definitely know it, it's those times where you you, you, you want to give up on everything. You just want to, you feel me, really give up. And it don't look like it's no way out. And it's just getting worse and worse, but it's better days ahead. It's better days ahead. You just got to hold on and, and, you know, know for yourself. Don't, you know, don't put your... Trust your belief in nobody. You got the you got the abilities to to change your life. Just yourself. It's it's in you. It's in everybody. You know. So it's always it's better days ahead. You know the worst days are gone. I always know that. So. And when you one of the most resilient, you know, hardworking. When you put your mind on something, bro, you can achieve whatever you want. You specifically. I ain't talking about no one else. You specifically, man. Like. I've witnessed all this. You have a beautiful heart. You know, mashallah, you 
helped me out in situations where, you know, it was tough for me as well, you know. And, you know, I just want to thank you. And I know you probably, you know, not used to hearing this, but I actually do love you a lot, bro. Like, for real, for real. And I want to, you know, just, just thank you for coming to the podcast too as well. And, you know, if you have anything else to say to anyone or, you know, give shout-outs to your socials and stuff like that, you can do that, man. <laughs> No, nah, man, I, I th- I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunity, really. Uh, like I like you know, man, it's it's always love for you, bro. Uh, you're my brother, so I'm thankful for the opportunity for to even come in and get a story. I know there's something you've been wanting to, to get out and you know, uh, I want people to, to know, you know, if they ever went through something, they going through something, you know, it ain't the end, bro. It ain't the end, and it's several, it's several different ways. But you know, it's it's people going through the same thing everywhere, and just make it through it. Just push it through, push it through. Keep going, keep moving forward. Um, like I said, once again, better days, better, better days ahead. And um, thank you for the opportunity. At my socials, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Young Audemars. So that's Y V N G underscore A U D E M A R. Um, you can find me pretty much there. That's the same thing for all my. Um, I actually do. I make music, so that's all my. You, you tap in on the Instagram, you are gonna see all that from there. So you can tap in, like in, everything. And once again, man, thank you, thank you, thank you much for for inviting me and allowing me to to share all that, man. Nah, man, it was a pleasure to have you, man. It was a pleasure having you, man. I appreciate you so much, man. We're going to kill it on our own podcast (laughs) that we have coming up, and we're launching pretty soon, too. So, y'all, give him a follow, man. This dude's a beautiful beautiful soul, man. Like, for real, for real, man. Beautiful guy, man. Just just a good person at heart. Just literally, man. He'll do anything for the people that he loves, and I witnessed that. And he helped me out in multiple situations. So, thank you. But with that being said, we out.